0: And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us, who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Those who live according to the flesh have their mind set on what the flesh desires, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their mind set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but in the realm of the Spirit In you. Therefore brothers and sisters we have an obligation but it is not to the flesh to live according to it for if you live according to the flesh you will die but if the, by the spirit you put to death the mind uh, misdeeds of the body you will live for those who are led by the spirit of god are the children of God. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. What I want us to think about is the question of what does it actually mean to walk with Jesus? There are people who will come out and they'll sometimes tell you something or they'll sell you something and go, yeah, if you know God, if you know Jesus then absolutely everything in your life is going to go right. And whilst we have God and we've got Jesus to lean into, there are things that can actually happen in your life that will maybe derail you or knock you off of the path that God or the path that Jesus desires for you. This is going to be part testimony, um, part teaching, and... You know, this is kind of like a message that's been sort of given to me over about the past sort of couple of months. Um, in little bits and little bits of listening and little bits of seeking and praying. And so actually, I, I hope so, But to set the background for this, I need to tell you a little bit about something that happened to me. Now, some of you know where I work and some of you know that I work in the special needs sector. And actually, some of the students who we receive... In this school, may have sort of you know disabilities that may not allow them to necessarily sort of process through in the same thought patterns that you and I might have. Some of them have actually been really damaged through the actions of other people, and so actually they've seen this example. And that is what happened to me, you know, I was trying to care, I was trying to look after, and I had in my charge, in my care, someone who had been really, really damaged by the actions of other people. And so he had learnt that you can't actually say goodbye to someone. What you have to do, or you can't say goodbye to an object, you have to break it. Or you have to break the person. And he knew that he was moving on from me. And so what he had to do is he had to physically damage me. He had to physically break me. If you're no longer my teacher, you can no longer be my father figure in the school setting, then you have to go. I have to cause you so much physical damage and physical pain that you will no longer be able to function in this setting. I don't want to see you anymore. In a light term, it's called separation anxiety. For him, it was much, much deeper. But what it did to me is it did cause me physical pain, it did cause me physical damage. You know, I was internally bleeding for quite a considerable time following this assault. It also had other things that it did to me, other things that it damaged and changed internally that I had no control over and I had to go into hospital to fix. I had to go and sort of seek external. And what it did is the physical pain took over so much of my life. That I realised that I was starting to drift away. I was starting not to hear. I was starting not to listen. You know, when I was at university and we were going uh, in the Christian Union, there were moments where I'd have this bomb you know, this actual voice from God in my head, going, "Right, you need to turn right." And we went down that way, and we observed it, and we went there, and we came across an accident that we needed to help out at. And if I'm completely honest with you, when this happened, I started to feel. I don't know if I'm honest, probably betrayed. I started to feel lonely. I was like, Where are you, God? Why aren't you talking to me anymore? What has changed? What is going on? And slowly but surely, and post the operation and stuff like that, the physical pain started to reduce. The physical pain went into the background. And then the next bit came along. And that was the mental pain. And that was actually the biggest torment. And George has been speaking to us over the last three weeks. If you have not heard the last three sermons, go on. Listen to the puppet master. Listen to last week's sermon. Because actually, if you are suffering, probably with either of these two, and certainly the mental pain of something that has happened in your life, you need to listen to those sermons you really really do now just to kind of give me that extra little bump in the road i had another bit like oh okay oh by the way (laughs) there might be something wrong with your heart that's actually as a byproduct of this physical assault it might have been damaged in some way because of the amount of blood clots that were going around your body I went to the doctor, and they were mentioning PTSD, and I were about that, and as you know anything, almost anything can actually trigger this. And you have to find ways of coping. You have to find ways of kind of going through. And I was given two options. I was given the option of, okay, well, we can load you up, and we can load you up with pills, and we can give you all of this, and that can be your way to actually manage this. That can be your way to manage not the physical pain, but the mental pain that has been caused to you. Or you can go out there and you can actually exercise. Now, I'm going to make an admission here. I know that I have got an addictive personality, so I chose not to go down the medication route. And through slowly and working, you know, at this point, I was lost. I'm going to put it out there. You know, I was completely lost. And then through working out and through the physical exercise, and then actually time and time of listening, I began seeking God. However, as these things do, we went through a period of transition at my school, and during this period of transition, things went really up in the air. All of the things that were stable and all of the things that we could rely on suddenly pff, went out. I had a person who was making my job, you know, more difficult. It's difficult anyway, and they were really, really making my life difficult. And I'm there, kind of going, "All right, God, you know, why aren't I hearing about from you?" And actually, what I had in my soul, if I'm being completely honest with you, was a spirit of unforgiveness. I'd realized because when I thought about this person. I thought, you know, in words, I'd kind of gone up and gone and go. oh, yeah, well, I've forgiven them. That's all good. That's all fine. That's great, isn't it? But when I saw them or when I spoke about them or when I thought about them, it was with a sort of sharp edge to my tongue. I felt anger inside. And it's only afterwards that I was actually able to think to myself, well, have I actually really forgiven that person? Have I really taken that step of forgiveness? And it was a little hour later after that that, you know, I was able to actually take that step out of there. And really, just recently, I'd say within probably about the last month, that I've truly been able to forgive this person for the, the, the extra pain that they kind of caused me at the time. So actually... If you are struggling, and I'm not saying that these are the only reasons for it, and I'm saying this is a very personal reflection for me, but if you're struggling, maybe think about, is there an element of unforgiveness for someone in your life? Is there something that we need to move on from? Are my actions causing a barrier between receiving the blessing that God wants to give me? Have I got those niggling doubts that are actually Going up or going on in my head. And do you know what? The message from this morning and the message from today is actually God still cares and is trying to get through to you. This is something amazing. I don't know, has anyone here actually come along to the prayer quake? Put your hand up if you came along to the prayer quake. One of the most amazing bits in there was talking about spiritual warfare. And this is something, if you are actually looking at that person and you are thinking, oh, I'm still really struggling with this whole thing of forgiving them, don't move against the person. Yeah? Bit of a revelation to me. (laughs) Shouldn't have been. But actually, when you are in that point of mental torment and mental pain, it can be. Don't move against the person, but rather against the spirit. Pray against the spirit of what, you know, what's causing that person to carry out those actions, to sow those seeds of doubt in your mind. I'd like to read um, an extract from this book quickly here. And this is kind of about moving forward. This is someone, this is Gabriel, um, Neve, sorry, who really struggled. This is a person who, when they were a child, had just um, a mustard seed of faith that had actually been sowed in them through the work of a church, through, you know, sort of actually coming along to Sunday school type events. But they had majorly, majorly gone off the rails. They had lost, you know, far, far outside what we would normally sort of see as sort of you know behavior that we would experience here and it was you know it was basically gang warfare in america and they had sort of basically sort of conducted or were involved in the drive-by shooting and were actually being charged and had been charged with um attempted murder at this point and were facing literally life in prison and So this is talking about, you can view it as two sides, so you can talk, think about the redemption side of it, and you can also think about actually, am I called to be the person who spoke to Gabriel? A couple of days later, I was heading to my cell when I saw a guy coming my way with a Bible in his hand. I'd seen guys reading their Bibles in, um, in the joint before. I thought they were weak and hypocritical. And I often made fun of them. what now? What, now that you got caught and are forced to live in jail, you find God? Man, who are you kidding? You're just hiding behind God and using him as some kind of crutch. I always said that if one of those guys came to me and tried to talk to me about God, I'd let him have it. And one of them was coming my way. Innocently enough, he said, hey man, God loves you. You've got to be kidding me, man! God doesn't love me. God can't love someone like me. I'm about to get sentenced to life in prison. God ain't interested if someone, you know, if someone's in my situation. Then he had the nerve to come back at me. Well, you never know, he said. God just might change your situation clearly he had lost touch with reality he didn't get it he didn't know why I was there if I couldn't change my situation and God definitely wouldn't be able to change my situation God doesn't hear people like me I told him point blank listen homie you're probably here for a parking ticket or something look I gave my life to Jesus when I was 13 years old and look where that has got me The next thing he did was share with me the biblical story of the prodigal or reckless son. Then this guy said to me one more thing that completely rocked me. God has a plan for your life. I thought of Mrs. Mary and and every encounter I'd had with her in a neighborhood when she too spoke the same words of encouragement and told um, that God has good plans for me. Her words were based on the verse from Jeremiah. For I know the faults that I think towards you, says the Lord. Faults of peace and not evil, to give you a future and a hope. No matter how far I ran, no matter where I went, I could not seem to outrun God. So in a moment of indecision, I said, okay, mate, what do I do then? how do I get my life on track with God? He said, you need to talk to God. You need to ask God to help you. You need to repent and turn away from the gang life and turn your life towards God. You need to read your Bible. He handed me a Bible and continued, you need to get to know Jesus because he wants to do something big in your life. He told me to start reading the Gospel of John, and as soon as I got back to my cell, I hopped to my bunk and opened the Bible he gave me. Then I began soaking up the words of life. I never saw that guy again, but he left me with one thing I will never forget. When he said, Gabriel, I want to tell you something. This decision comes with a spiritual battle. Of course, I thought he was speaking of a physical battle. After all, I was in prison, which had its fair share of battles. You're a no man. I know it's a dangerous place in here. No, he responded. A spiritual battle that is going on inside your heart. Look, Gabriel, there are two packs of dogs inside you the good dogs and the bad dogs. Which pack do you think are going to win? <laughs> That's easy. I answered, the good dogs, no, okay, I'll get it, the bad dogs, no Gabriel, it's the dogs you feed the most, they are the ones that will win, which dogs are you actually feeding at the moment in your life? What are the positive influences? What are the negative influences? There are just a few collections up here. But you could think of like tabloids. You could think of the gossip magazines. You could think about actually going out and having a gossip with your friends. Or, you know, for me, the staff room can actually be quite a negative place to be. So I avoid it. I generally don't go up there. I find somewhere else to be. Because you get dragged down with other people's unbelief or other people's worries or other people's burdens or things that they just want to pass out to everyone when they should be passing them to Joseph. Jo- Jesus, not Joseph. <laughs> Sorry, Joseph is my son. <laughs> so just to put that into context, people who are listening here. Sorry, oh, slip of the tongue there. But actually, you know, one of the things on here podcasts. A while ago, I was challenged, and I was challenged by Matt during a house group to actually sort of go through and find a particular podcast, and that is one of the things that did that. So, you can think of really, or you can follow really negative things on there, but actually, some of these tools you can use for good. Some of the other things that you should be thinking about doing, well, we've got church. That is a building. Obviously, that represents us, but we are, we are the church, and... Great, we're going out of that building scene. You need to pray. You need to study the Bible. You need to find the positive podcasts, the things that are going to feed your spirit rather than rob it. Find those influences. And Matt, are you around? Okay, so that is Matt. If you are not in a house group, and this is something that George has said for several weeks running, find Matt, speak to him about which house group you can join because you need to do it. One of the things we always say is, well, you know, God, I can't find the time. You know, when do I have the time to go to house group? When do I have the time to pray? When do I have the time to study the Bible? Do you know what? You can find the time. All you need to do is think about switching around and changing around how you do things. I cycle in the morning as part of my keep fit regime. So I listen to the biblical podcasts. I listen to Bible teaching. I used to listen to dance music. I used to actually sometimes watch programs on TV that were feeding the wrong spirit, were feeding the wrong set of dogs inside me. And the other thing we need to think about is when we actually do that and when we're going through, are we going to be there? Are we going to be a, Yeah, I've got my faith, God, when everything's happening, when everything's going right for me. So Jacob, he made a vow. He went, ah, if God will be with me and watch over me on this journey I'm taking, give me food, give me clothes to wear so I return safely to my father's household, then the Lord will be my God. If God goes out and I get my likes and my Instagram posts, if I get people paying me compliments in the street, if I get people coming up to me, you know, if I get the attention that I'm craving, if I get this, yeah, then God's my God. Is that what we're looking to do? We need a really strong foundation You can start off by setting an example in the way that you live your life. So two Corinthians, therefore we are ambassadors of Christ. If you are an ambassador, you are representing what the faith is. You are going out there, you are taking it. Sometimes you are taking it out to troubled lands. Maybe that is a challenge for you. You know, you are implored on the behalf of Christ to actually take out the message and to show people what they should be doing reach out to those around you and I'm sorry George but I've posted you here Yeah, share your faith with others mustard seeds of faith have such an important and powerful pull on those around you Gabriel in this story went back to the fact that he had received teaching. The mustard seed had been sown in his life. Someone had to him. They had shared the gospel. They had shared the good news of Jesus. If that hadn't happened, he'd have probably beaten up the guy with the Bible, if we're honest. But there was that thing that resonated in his soul, in his spirit where someone had taken the time to reach out and invest in him when he was a child. So, I am going to point out to you that this is metaphorical. This is something to help you to pin something on, okay? I am not drawing a parallel with the five pillars of Islam here, but these are four pillars that you can focus on, basically because I've stuck things on four pillars in the church to help you to focus on it, okay? Yeah? Faith. When we think of faith, we can have a world view of what faith is. Yeah? And generally, one of the things that can be is actually trust and believe in no one but yourself. You need tangible evidence. You need to be able to reach out. You need to be able to touch. But actually, the biblical sort of version says, you may never receive or observe a physical manifestation on earth, but salvation awaits you through the acceptance of Jesus and the grace brought by the cross. Courage. What do we think about? What does the world paint when we think of courage? Well, maybe it's a tell it like it is. Maybe it's face up to your fears. Or go it alone and live life on the edge. The biblical lean into Christ pray and ask for support as Mark was saying earlier on he didn't do these things out of his own well, you are a talented person Mark okay yeah you are but what you did is you recognized that you needed to lean into Christ and you needed to do this walk with Christ and we thank you for that stand strong in your faith even when you are challenged and there will be challenges out there And being certain in the knowledge of Christ. Strength. Yet again. worldview: Believe in yourself and you'll find the strength to do anything. Overpower and use other people to get what you want. Use them as a stepping stone. Use them as a ladder to get your way up the career ladder. Or do we do the whole thing of do not try to face it or go for it under your own strength. It takes far more strength to hold back from a confrontation. And internal strength is far stronger than external. Yeah, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And lastly, love. The world has a pretty mixed up, a pretty skewed view of what love actually is. Maybe it is the likes on Instagram or Facebook posts. It's conditional love. I will love you if you do this. A little bit like sort of Jacob when he said initially about, sort of, I will love you, God. I will follow you, God, if you do these things for me. The biblical love love your neighbor, even the ones you find difficult. Actions can sometimes, you know, speak louder than words, you know, show that you love people by the way that you, you act and what you are willing to do for them. And the fact that it is an unconditional love bought through the pain, suffering, and blood of Jesus. What I would like you to do, in a moment, we're going to move on to a bit of a response. And you may notice that on the pillars, there was the faith, courage, strength, and love. And that will be used as part of, and I'm going to encourage you to kind of really just go around to each of those, but there may be one which you feel that you need to kind of go to more Thank you to see. And the question about this is, are you going to walk with Jesus? And do you accept and fully accept the message that he brings? I'm going to encourage you now because we're, we're going to do the response in just a moment. But actually, as you do that, there might be some of you here who are actually thinking, Well, yeah, sounds good, but I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite sure. I can't get over this little element of doubt that is inside me. I'm going to make a statement to you now, and you know that it is true. If you put yourself out there, if you respond right now and say, I want to get to know that person, I want to receive some of that certainty, that unconditional love, that person who can support me when I am in the lowest point, the person who I can walk down the street with and celebrate. and if you're kind of going along the agnostic line at the moment, or even actually others, you know, if you choose to pray, if you choose to join in, if you choose to respond right now, and there is nothing there, we're all lying to you, then you've actually lost nothing. However, if you start this journey, And this is something that I'm promising to you from the bottom of your heart and something I truly believe. If you start this journey, or maybe you've been on it in the past and you need to get back on the horse and ride it, gained everything. Thank you.